Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking in Transition. I'm James King, the Bankers Europe editor, and I'm joined today by David Mercer, the chief executive of the LMAX Group, a global financial technology company that operates institutional exchanges for FX and cryptocurrency trading to discuss the growing institutional interest in cryptocurrency markets. Uh, David, thanks for being here today. Good to be with you, James. Now, there's a really interesting story, a great growth story behind the LMAX group. But perhaps before we get into that, you can give us a bit of a primer about what you do, uh, a bit of a background to the business, and in particular to LMAX Digital, your cryptocurrency arm. Basically, an FX and crypto exchange operator. We operate five exchanges globally. Four of those are foreign exchange, and one is in crypto, and that's called LMAX Digital. We operate exchanges in London, New York, and Tokyo. We trade in total as a group about $30 billion a day. The majority of that is in FX. So all the major banks in the world and proprietary trading firms trade with uh, LMAX Group and on LMAX Exchange. We have clients in about 100 countries. And the last exchange we launched was in 2018. Um, right into the crypto winter, as it was, we launched LMAX Digital. Uh, but it's been the fastest growing exchange we've ever built. It was at break even within six months. And obviously, we've hit the crypto summer now in 2021. And it's been a standout year for us, a standout performer. And our ADV, that's our average daily volumes, um, in LMAX Digital have been around two and a half billion a day, which is five to six X up from what it was in 2020. So exciting times ahead. But as I say, primarily we're an FX exchange business, but uh, crypto is hot on its heels. So really the, the launch and the success of LMAX Digital really underscores then this, this story of, of greater institutional interest in cryptocurrencies. You're just seeing that play out in the market in a very dramatic fashion. Yeah, I think LMAX Digital actually is a barometer for the institutional uptake in cryptocurrencies. Put frankly, if there was no institutional interest in this new asset class, there'd be no need for LMAX Digital. We're unlike everything else you see out there. So the great names you see listed um, in the retail sphere, um, they all cater for those individual retail investors. We only cater for institutional. So we have about 500 customers in total. Uh, some of the biggest names out there in retail have over 50 million customers and 6 million active on a, on a monthly basis. So we catered squarely for the institutional segment and probably the way to sort of show that it is coming to life and that real institutions are trading this is that 40% of LMAX digital customers trade foreign exchange with us. So that means the biggest proprietary trading firms in the world that trade FX, that are the biggest in FX, are also trading cryptocurrencies. The banks are coming, uh, but not quite yet. And David, you mentioned there that you launched LMAX Digital sort of during the crypto winter, <laughs> and we're now in a crypto summer. Is it just a change of seasons which is causing this interest, or is it something deeper than that? 
Yeah, so I think now we might be uh, we might be in a crypto autumn or crypto crypto fall for our uh, American listeners. No, look, obviously, 2017, the tail end of that, everyone started to talk to us and ask us if we were doing anything in crypto space. And actually, that's why Elmex Digital came into being, was because our institutional FX clients said, David, you know, we need some um, robust industrial style technology here where we can exchange risk with like-minded participants so we put it together we did it very quickly you know we went from concept to launch within six months but that was built on the great price rise as it was when it traded up i I don't know probably about sixteen thousand towards the end of uh, 2017 and then in 2018 the sort of the froth that came out of the market that froth was very much a retail froth back then so we just marked time and slowly brought on institutions um as i say you know we, we did we were very pleased with the, the launch and how quickly we got to credible volumes that were at the time 300 400 uh, million a day and then you waited for this slow wave of institutions to come and that's happening now i mean suddenly you know, you saw obviously the price rise, you know, the price double from 29,000 in December 2020 to a high of over 60,000. And right now it's back down to 40,000. That's been driven, unlike the first growth, that's been driven by institutions entering the space. And as I said, formally, you know, is a reason for being for LMAX Digital because we cater squarely for that segment. So I think this wave is different. It's not quite the, the crypto summer of 2017 uh, or even the start of 2021 but it's certainly moving through the seasons nicely and uh, i think it's um autumn now and we expect a a much bigger summer and much hotter temperatures in the years ahead okay and before we jump on to sort of those those questions of of the broader landscape just from a point of view of your own story in terms of lmax digital scaling up what has been the biggest challenge for you in getting the business to where it is today because obviously this is a very embryonic uh landscape in some ways and it's new territory for many people what's what's the biggest hurdle you faced so i think that the biggest challenge actually in this nascent asset class has been the absence of established infrastructure and plumbing within the uh, crypto asset classes so i mean i put it i distill it succinctly into the abc of crypto right so you need obviously adoption from clients. You need better banking and better credit. So you have these walls of institutional money trying to enter the space today. I mean, they want access. They want the economic uh, interest in this asset class, but the traditional channel channels aren't there today. So for example, a pension fund or an asset manager, they're used to accessing capital markets, broader capital markets through their bank relationships are through their prime brokers. That credit intermediation isn't there today. It's coming. And then, of course, you've got, how do I keep my assets safe? You know, in traditional markets, again, you've got banks and you've got custodians to guard your assets. Now in crypto, you're being asked to create your own wallets and uh, protect your own assets. So that's been the challenge in terms of going back to the A of the ABC of getting that greater adoption. I think there's some great initiatives out there um, that should accelerate the growth 
of the marketplace. So probably that's been the challenge, the unique challenge for us, frankly, was building out our own custodian because in foreign exchange, we don't have to do that. You know, we have a number of banks that can look after uh, our fiat currency, our own fiat currency and that of our clients. So that didn't exist or doesn't exist uh, within crypto, but it's coming, it's coming quickly. And I expect it actually to benefit wider capital markets. I mean, some of the initiatives you're seeing in across crypto should also help traditional capital markets. Okay, and moving on to, to the market more generally this year, we've seen some pretty interesting, obviously, price movements, which is no surprise, but we've also seen some, some change in tone from global regulators around cryptocurrencies. It seems like some of the big hitting regulators, the big hitting central banks are, are much more keen to, to exert some kind of oversight and control and, and take a view on, on crypto. Do you think ultimately that could be a, a good thing for the market in terms of providing more clarity and certainty, particularly from uh, an institutional perspective? Yeah, I think we need to delve a bit deeper into those changes. So I think greater regulation will be a good thing for the asset class. Let's face it, the biggest asset classes in the world are highly regulated. So there's a bit of posturing going on in the US um, maybe a bit of electioneering, I would say, but a lot of it is around protecting private investors. I think that is a good thing, right? So in the UK, if you look at UK regulation, other asset classes, you know, one of the first things you have to assess is the suitability of a product to private investors. Historically, that hasn't existed in crypto and hasn't existed in the US. So that is required, frankly, to protect ourselves from ourselves. You know yourself, right? When you go and apply for a mortgage or you have a invest in an investment product or a, or a, a pension fund, they say, you know, do you understand these products? That's the suitability test. So a lot of the regulation is about, or the posturing for regulation is about protecting private investors. So. That's important. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Believe it or not, I believe the framework for regulation of crypto already exists, right? We have highly established regulation globally for brokerages, for advisors, for exchanges. It exists. They just need to assess or decide what this product is, this or that product is, what asset class it falls into, you know, and whether it's the SEC, for example, that regulates it in the United States. So I think it exists. I think they need to adopt it. They need to establish that crypto assets are a financial instrument and decide exactly which instrument they are, or their security, or their commodity, or their currency, and then use the existing framework. So I think that's a good thing. Um, the second bit which people ignore a lot and throw into the regulatory bucket is actually very simple anti-money laundering legislation. It exists, it's been adopted by every country in the world. Um, it's more or less, you need to understand, your, you know, know your customer, understand their source of funds, or understand their source of wealth. Um, 
the you know tabloid front pages you've seen the scare stories in crypto have been like people who have ignored that you can't ignore that in any asset class so again i think that would be better for the wider marketplace certainly for the private investor marketplace and ultimately the institutions are ready we understand the regulatory framework and the wholesale market understands the risk that comes with that so let's establish the framework let's establish the rules of the game and then i think you're going to see this institutional segment of the market become the bedrock for a much bigger better asset class going forward okay and then finally building on from that point and perhaps the, the broader question of regulatory maturation I, I wanted to ask you you know looking ahead using your crystal ball here this is a tough one um in terms of the crypto markets you know there are some dominant themes emerging regulation is one uh we're seeing upgrades in some of the networks like ethereum for example it's another another big theme um we're also seeing uh you know just just generally a the, the push by institutional groups that you mentioned into the markets um and alongside that we're seeing central banks now talking about uh digital currencies um so these are some of the big topics i think which are circulating around the crypto markets what do you expect to happen in terms of the broader crypto landscape over the next one to two years do you see um, any opportunities or threats on the horizon that every threat brings an opportunity james so look i i think all of your listeners and all of the institutional readers out there will now at least have one eye on the crypto asset class. It's here to stay, right? And whether it, I happen to think that it will start to move into traditional capital markets and improve traditional capital markets. So what you're seeing now is everyone is at least assessing their entry into the marketplace. And most institutions are allocating a small part of their portfolio to this crypto asset class, be that through what we call now traditional crypto, i.e. Bitcoin and Ethereum, or whether that be into to DeFi. It's now big enough. It's not huge. I mean, the total uh, market cap of crypto is around um, $1 trillion. And that's about a tenth of gold. Put it in perspective, foreign exchange trades seven times that every day. So it's not huge. But if just 5% of real money or um, asset managers, assets under management were allocated to crypto, suddenly you'd see that this crypto asset class would have to be 5X. So people now are looking at maybe allocating single digit percentage points to, of crypto to their portfolio. It just makes sense. So everyone now needs to find that market access it's here to stay it's not going to change there's great things can happen in capital markets because of the fact that it's it trades 24 7 365 days a year DeFi is right at the very start um, of its life really that will allow much more flexibility of people's balance sheets for example and um, and better capital utilization. So I think, you know, what you're seeing now is some really big, older, traditional names looking at how to access the marketplace. That's only going to accelerate from here. I think when we look back in the graph 
of 2021, the start of 2021, this will just be a blip to what the graph will look like in five years time for the total volume, the total market capitalization of crypto. So all of those things you mentioned will come to play, but you're gonna see a real institutional bedrock and foundation of this asset class develop. David, thank you for your insights. That was really interesting and, and best of luck with uh, LMAX Digital. Thanks, James. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.